Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Sports fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 455. That's a Pontiac motor. Uh, anyhow, uh, this I'm your host, Christopher Jones. We're going to talk about some football tonight, and that is CFL football. Pretty much all on CFL football. There's, I don't even think there's any NFL we're talking about, and who knows where the hell happened to the XFL. Uh, yeah, and we're going to talk about nine football teams, not 10, not 10 or 11 or 22 or whatever else. We're going to talk about nine football teams, and particularly... The, the number one, two, three, and maybe the eight, nine. Anyhow, we'll talk about all football teams. What the hell? We're going to talk football. Um, what's going on? There's a whole pile of things that are going on. There's some really neat things that are happening in the CFL. It's exciting. We're in week eight right now, and I believe that week eight is very close to the midway point of our season. Uh, don't quote me on that, um, but I do believe that uh, – most teams right now, let's go see, look at the standings. Uh, no, there's, um, we're doing 14, 14 games in this season, and Winnipeg is the only team that has played. Oh, Winnipeg and Calgary have both played seven, so they're halfway through the schedule. Everybody else is six, except for Montreal and Ottawa are both at five. Uh, so, yeah, there's some more buys coming up. For Actually, there's three buys this week. I think it's uh, Winnipeg. Calgary and uh, Toronto? Is it Toronto that's on a bye? I think so. Uh, Anyhow, because there's only three games this week. And what's the deal, big fucking deal, with a a game on Wednesday night, two on Friday? Is it because this schedule is really short and they didn't know whether or not they had a stadium or what's going on, but a a fucking Wednesday game? Uh, That's why we're doing the podcast tonight on Tuesday, Tuesday evening, because it's it's a 4.30 on the West Coast game tomorrow the game would actually be over before our podcast started so we couldn't really do that because we could all know what the score was and then barky would go well yeah i can't do that anyhow so we're doing a hell happen but yeah there's a game tomorrow and i mean that's ridiculous it's uh hamilton and ottawa i believe hamilton and ottawa uh and it's a 4 30 kickoff uh, on Pacific Standard Time, Pacific Standard Time. No, it's Pacific Daylight Time here. Um, these guys have got their CFL doesn't know what the hell they're doing because it's still daylight saving time in most of the provinces, except Saskatchewan. They don't do that because they're not smart enough to t- figure out how to change the time on the clock. Saskatchewan, scary. Okay, um, yeah. So I'm going to open up the. Hopefully. Oh, hang on. What's Charles talking to me about? Is my mic doing shit again? No, it's not. It's just Charles. Um, it, he just put up his numbers. Okay, I'm going to open up the mics here now and bring everybody in because I really don't have anything to rant about. And I got nothing. Oh, 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 we, <laughs> yeah, it's so important. I completely forgot about it. We had a federal election yesterday and what it changed. Nothing. Nothing. Not a fucking thing. 
$610 million put on an election, and literally everybody got the same seats back. I don't think much changed at all. In fact, I, I, if I'm right, maybe a liberal lost a couple of seats, but I don't remember. I, you know what? I don't give a shit. I, I, I'm totally sick and tired of federal politics. Uh, it's wrong. It just needs to – the federal government needs to go away. I hopefully I, I believe that. I, I'm almost supporting this Wexit right now. Almost. I'm not there, but I'm close. Okay, I'm going to open up the mics, which I've done. In Char- you heard Charles for a second, so we might as well introduce him. Charles Cliff, West Coast, Abbotsford, BC Lions fan. Good evening. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Pretty fair, pretty fair. Yep. So, um, here what, what, what was your take on this election? It was a waste of time. Basically, nothing changed, and they spent a bunch of money to show that nothing changed. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know we're trying to get a majority. We wanted this majority government back, and this is an ego thing. I uh, can't get any done, but it just seems like the, the NDP are, are his minority partners in this, and they're just like, he says something, they go, yes, sir. So I, I don't understand why the majority make, makes a difference to him right now because I don't think they're really doing anything. They're just, he's just a gopher. He's just a yes boy. Does Jads mix sing? Uh, I don't know. It's just, it, it, it's weird. And exactly yep. what happened, I said what's going to happen, it, it's the P, PPC, the People Party of Canada, was going to split the right vote, and the Conservatives were not going to be political because of it. 100%. 100% it happened. I, I actually haven't gone riding to riding to find out if it made a difference, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't give a shit. It's not worth my time. I'm not going to do that. Anyhow, so everything else good with you? Anything else that's exciting? What else has happened? Did you see I got to drive a fire truck? Uh, yeah, I saw something about that on your uh, on your um, on your Facebook page here. Yeah, well, um, during the evacuation, I I was looking at the local fire hall, which there's not Merritt, but beside Merritt, there's a little town called. Nicola, and it's part of the Lower Nicola Indian Band, and they have their own fire department, and it was basically a volunteer fire department, but then they needed some, they got full-time guys and everything else, and they said that they were desperately looking for somebody to drive the fire truck, and I have a class one with air brakes, and you only need a class five with air brakes, so I, Mm -hmm. I said, sure, I'll do it, and I said, I can run an excavator, and I can do just about anything, right, so um, I signed up for it, and but during fire season, it was, they were really busy, so they couldn't do anything. And then now fire season over, he said, well, come on out to practice. So I did. And then and this is my second practice, and uh, I got to drive around the fire truck. Yeah, that's pretty and cool. It is very cool. And, and I've, all the little I've kids, never done so. All the little kids are waving at us, and we had to wave back and honk the horn and air horn, flip on the siren and the lights. And I got to do all sorts of shit, man. It was pretty fun. Uh, yeah. So now I'm a I'm a volunteer firefighter for the Lower Nicola Fire Department. Hmm, that's neat. Volunteer firefighter, huh? Well, what else have I got oh. to do? I'm retired. Good point. Fair enough. 
or is it unemployed? It's one or the other. I you race know. cars. I, think they're, they're, they're kind of, I can't do that. They won't let me race cars Why? right now. I'm oh, not okay. vaccinated. Hmm. And they say, but you're you by yourself. That's my point, Charles. But, um, yeah, the, uh, they interpreted the B.C. government's outdoor event as anybody, anything larger than 10 people has to be vaccinated. Everybody has to be vaccinated. So that's kind of what it is. There's more than 10 people in the pits. So everybody has to have proof of vaccination, and I haven't and won't do that. So I just accept the fact that I can't race for the rest of this year. I went, shit. I'm kind of upset about that because I really love doing it. It's a lot of fun, but I'm okay with it because I made a decision and I have to accept the consequences. Fair enough. No point being an asshole about it. It just makes you look like an asshole. <laughs> and, you know, I talked I talk to one of the executives on the race, car, race association, and she thanked me for being classy and mm-hmm. wished that everybody acted, behaved the way I did. And they went, oh, shit, man, you really don't know me. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, so, anyhow, did you notice that Dave Naylor can't spell Chris right? No. No? Okay. I just thought I'd share that, but uh, we're going to get to that post, I think, a little later. Uh, Anyhow, I think I got Will Wings. Uh, William, welcome to the show, Calgary Stampeder fan. Uh, from the city of Calgary, actually he's from the city of Winnipeg, but he li- now lives in Calgary, but he lived in Calgary for like 30 years, so he's pretty much a Calgarian. <laughs> she didn't. She didn't call you classy. Are you kidding yeah, she me? Did. She did. I, actually, would you like me to show you? I can. I, I, I can show you. I can show you. I can show you. Um, <laughs> you know what? I need I, I needed a good laugh, okay? Yeah, yeah, now yeah. now I'm gonna be now I'm gonna be serious for a second. Okay, okay. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. How can I do this? And, and you guys know me you guys know me as being a pretty what? pretty pretty blunt kind of guy, right? Okay, so I'm just going to put it out there. I'm just going to put it out there. If you voted for Trudeau, you're fucking stupid. Okay? <laughs> you don't have you don't have you don't have an ounce you don't have an ounce of gray brain matter in your head. Okay? You need to I don't know, go back to school or crawl crawl back underneath the rock you came out of from or whatever because how that turd, that Antichrist, ever got back into being the Prime Minister is totally beyond me. I, I just cannot imagine. And I've been on the computer all day long trying to figure out which would be better, living in Costa Rica or living oh, in Belize. Oh, I agree. No, I, Costa Rica is better than Belize, in my opinion. I've been so, to both countries. I like Costa Rica a lot better. And you can live there really cheap, okay? You can. And they have great medical. And and, and as a, a person of, of uh, greater age, uh, that's important to you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, no it's really it good. Is. And if you stay away from the coast, it's not very hot. 
No. It's only but I like heat. degrees Fahrenheit. But but I do like heat. So so do I. So go to the coast on the, on yeah. the on, go visit out there, or have a place in both places. Yeah. Uh, Costa Rica is awesome. I love the country. Okay. Yep. I, I I can talk for a long time on on the wonders of Costa Rica. Uh huh. But yeah, We're you're hundred percent right on the uh, on on the liberals. And you know the kind of thing is I, I've been I've been following politics for a great long time, and we've always had a two party system in Canada uh, with this cling on NDP party. And I know this isn't football, guys, and we're going to get to football real quick. Um, and that changed uh, with the, the, the creation of the Reform Party. And the Reform Party split the right vote, and it got Kretchen in, and it got a whole pile of things. And they, we watched liberal after liberal after liberal majority government because the West was – or the, uh, the right was divided. And then all of a sudden, they had enough of him and decimated the liberal party. And uh, the reform, Preston Manning got elected, right? Uh, Or they they Mm kind of came together with the the conservatives. Prior to that, the maritime provinces were pretty much solid, solid conservative, okay? There was just never a liberal seat in there. You look at the the turnout this this election, I looked at the four ridings in PEI, all liberal. Yep. I went, what the hell's going on in the Maritimes? And I, what is he doing? Is he just handing out the money to these unemployed guys or what? I don't, I don't know. I don't know how they did it. But, uh, yeah, the Maritimes went liberal, and that's just like such a rarity. So, anyhow, let's talk. Yeah, and, I, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I'm really thrilled that all these Maritime guys who come to Alberta and work. make truckloads of money – and then fly back to the Maritimes with their money. I really love how they vote liberal. Okay, I just love yeah. it. I just yeah. absolutely love it. But you're not flying into Alberta anytime soon because that's completely shut down. So. Okay, so now that we have established that the Maritimes are liberal provinces, do you think you could ditch the schooner shit? I don't want to hear any more of it from you. Okay. Well, but no, no. you don't want to have a liberal a team. football team back there. There's going to be a team in Halifax, and oh, eventually, eventually, not going to have Pierre Junior getting when Pierre Junior gets kicked out. He's going to be the president of the Schooners Football Club. Trust oh, me. Oh God, William. Yes. I don't yes. know whether you need a lobotomy or an anima. You gave me you gave me ten seconds to think about this, and that's what I came up with. Okay. Yeah. Sorry to hear that. Uh huh. Okay. Um, we're going to talk some football now. Uh, let's do the Sparky games. Where's the Sparky games? There they are. No, I've lost it. Why? Why? Where's it gone? Not supposed to go away. Okay. So. Uh, week seven, we had four games. We had the Calgary Stampeders visiting the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Uh, final score was 23 to 17. There was a 40 point total. Is it just me, or is none of these football games that exciting? 
It's not just you. <sighs> it, it, some it, games it, are, some games aren't. I, I don't know. I, I I did not find any excitement in this Calgary Hamilton game, and nor in this Toronto Saskatchewan game. It was pretty boring. But um, go ahead. Uh, Charles, take it away on Hamilton and Calgary. What was your thoughts on this game? Uh, it really was not that high scoring with 40, only 40 points, but Hamilton was victorious. Uh, who did they have behind center there? How was that uh, David Watford? David Watford, in his first game, beats the veteran Bo Levi Mitchell. Yeah, not too many this people, game did not, not too many go... People have, not too many people are having good things to say about Bo right now. Go ahead, Not Charles. right now, no. This uh, this game did not go. I mean, I was thinking, hey, with uh, I know he's coming back, but Bo Levi Mitchell coming back, uh, they're starting David Watford. I honestly thought this was a Calgary. This should have been a, a layup for Calgary, to be honest. Um, I think Calgary's probably in much more problem, trouble than a lot of people even think. Uh, right now, they're just... Um, struggling away there and um when you're going in and you can't beat a team being quarterbacked by David Watford you've got some issues obviously and uh, mm-hmm. I think that shows I think that shows quite a bit so uh yeah that's uh, a troublesome um um Franchise. situation for uh, Calgary there uh Calgary uh I mean no one I mean this is uh, uncharted territories. I don't remember the last time the two Alberta teams were sitting at the bottom of the standings together. Uh, but no, uh, Calgary's in some trouble right now. Hamilton should have been in trouble, but their quarterback was able to, uh, he wasn't great, but he was able to make more plays than Bo Levi Mitchell. And yeah, Mitchell's coming back uh, from um, his injury, but quarterbacking, as we've said before, is not the problem in Ham- in Calgary. They just uh, they don't have the defense to make the stops when they need it. So that's the big problem, and Calgary just really struggling right now. Well, you can't say that quarterbacking is not the problem because he's not making the plays that he should. True. Okay, it's not the main problem, but they, they got more problems than this to quarterback. It's not the only problem. There's a lot of problems yeah. in that town. And Bolivar Mitchell actually gets, got pulled in that game, and I don't think that's ever happened before. I missed that. I'm going to have to go back and watch that game. Yeah, he actually got pulled in, uh, I believe, in the fourth quarter he got pulled because he wasn't uh-huh. moving the ball. Yeah, there hmm. still wasn't that much time left anyways. No. No. But, Wasn't a, but, but but there was but, enough time to do but, something because it was a very close game. Yeah. Hmm? No, no, he went down and scored a touchdown. So, if I remember correctly, he Denard marched them down back. the field and they and they and they scored a touchdown with Jeff they with did, Mayor. Correct. With Mayor, yeah. that oh, is correct actually. Mayor close. Mayor scored a touchdown is what you're saying. Well, yeah, he drove them down the field yeah. for a touchdown to make it close. But mm. then then uh, they tried the short kickoff, and they didn't get it. So That's right. Okay. So basically, uh, Dave Dickinson waited too long to pull Bo. Yeah, he should have pulled him at halftime. And Because and, Mayer probably would have won the game. 
Yep. Maybe. 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 I mean, sure. when he comes in for the second last series of the game, the other team is relaxed because they think they've won the game. I think that's what happens in a lot of these comebacks. The team is relaxed, and the other team manages to come back. But can I can I talk about Calgary now? Yeah, you, you go ready? ahead. You've got the floor. Okay. So so out coached, out defensed, out offensed, out special teams, out of everything, and Hamilton's not very good. No. So that means Calgary no. is that means Calgary is not very good. I I other than Bowley by Mitchell and, and Mayor, they're no better than Ottawa right now. And Dave well. Dickinson Dave Dickinson, okay, okay, listen. And I've said this on this show numerous times. When you have a young team and you have a young offensive line, what do you do? You should run, run the, ball. the fucking ball. Okay? Run? Continuously run the ball. They have a good running back. Run the ball. It sets up the path. Okay? And Dave Dickinson, I think he's averaged seven runs a game this year. And you watch the receivers, and the receivers are dropping balls left, right, and center. Bo Levi Mitchell isn't hitting receivers left, right, and center. Run the fucking ball. And they went out and got uh, Calvin McCarty, but for what? Because they don't use him. No, they don't. No, they don't. So what was the point? So... There is no point. What? Getting Calvin McCarthy or or your speech? No, I just, it's just they they need to run the fucking ball. Yeah. They do. When you're not a very good team, when you're not a very good team, and your starting quarterback sucks, and I did say that, sucks, run the fucking ball. If your O-line cannot pass protect... Take and run block. I guarantee you an offensive line would rather run block every single time than pass protect. 100%. Guaranteed. It is fun to smash somebody. Absolutely. There's there's no holding calls when you're running the ball. That is correct. Okay? You're not trying to stop anybody. You're trying to smash their face in. And every 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 single game, my buddy, whose son plays for the Stampeders, phones me before the game, and he says, watch out tonight, Will. They're going to run the ball. It's in the game plan. They're going to run the ball. And guess what? He they changes don't run the it. game plan with it. He changes the game plan in the first five minutes because the guy is fucking throw happy, okay? And it drives me nuts. Yeah. I mean, I, let's I'm, face I'm, it. When when you get into the late games in October, November, you're going to need to run the ball. You need a ball. running game. Yeah. You have no choice. You have to run the ball. Yes, you do. So that's Calgary's problem, and along with a whole bunch of other things. We The Grey Cup And they're young. And they're I know they're young. They take two stupid penalties, and yeah, it's 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 quite a mess. And it also didn't help 
that their best receiver was hurt in the first quarter, I think. So, anyways, I'm done with Calgary's game. You're done with Calgary's game? Okay, Thanks, well, with Calgary 17, Hamilton Thanks. 23. What's that? Thank God I don't have to freeze my ass off this winter watching them play. Yeah. So. It's a good thing. Have you tried to get money yeah. back those tickets? No. You should. I've given most. I I've given most of them away. So. Okay. Uh, Calgary seventeen, Hamilton twenty three. Final score. Total points was forty. Uh, Charles, Will, and CJ all took Calgary to win because they should have. Uh, but Charles was off by four points, picked 44. Uh, you got 34 points for that one. Will, you were off by a, a mitt full. At, you're off by 13. You got 16 points. And CJ was off by two, and I got 38 points for that one. That was a good good call on me. Um, the next game was the Toronto Argonauts into Saskatchewan to play the Riders in Mosaic Field. Uh, yeah. Hang on here. Will, why does it yes. say you picked Toronto? Say what? Oh, sorry. Because sorry, I did pick because, because you picked Toronto. Yeah, we because all did. I, because yeah, I did you'll pick never Toronto. Pick I never picked That's right. I, that I understand. I, I made, a, made a Freudian slip there, okay? I thought, what the fuck? He said he'd never picked. No. Okay. Um, so, yeah, this was not... We all knew what the outcome of this game was. At least Charles, uh, at least Will and my and myself, I think, did. Charles, I don't know why you picked Toronto, but um, <laughs> I should have, you know, but no, you shouldn't have. You should have picked Saskatchewan. I mean, I, I knew Saskatchewan was going to win. I just can't pick them. It just goes against everything I believe in. Anyhow, final score was Toronto sixteen, Saskatchewan thirty. Uh, they were not an offensive juggernaut. Scoring 30 points was wonderful, but Saskatchewan just didn't show a lot of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Aggression, in my opinion. No, no, they didn't. They, they played a very limp dick team. Go ahead, Charles, you talk. They, I, I honestly thought Saskatchewan was ripe for the picking in this game. I thought a competent, a competent team would have beaten them, and they just, Toronto just didn't have anything in this game. And it's lucky for Saskatchewan because it's not like Saskatchewan looked like they were dominant. They didn't, not even close. Uh, I, I, like I said, I thought that they would, um, that they would, um, quite frankly. Um, would have been beaten if they were playing a different team, a team, maybe a BC would have beaten them. Maybe a Winnipeg definitely would have beaten them. Um, the other teams would have beaten them. They, they didn't look like they had killer instinct, but Toronto just had nothing on the, in this game for whatever reason. I don't know why they just looked absolutely um, lethargic in this game. Um, their defense didn't play very well. Uh, not much went well for uh, Toronto in this game, and the, as crappy as Toronto looked, they only lost by two touchdowns. And it with touch and go here, this Toronto had no finish, and uh, Saskatchewan they got the win, but they just didn't look dominant. They looked 
average, I thought. I thought they looked like a team that, uh, like I said, they could have been beaten, but uh, Toronto just didn't take advantage of them. Or couldn't. Or they couldn't. I, I honestly, yes, Toronto is head of the, the Eastern Division right now. That does not say anything. That's just because it's a crap division. That's why. I, I know. And, and Montreal gets to play Ottawa four times this year. Like, that's huh. just eight points. That's just, like, not fair. Anyhow. William. Toronto, Saskatchewan. You know, and I, I was going to comment on what you said earlier about the CF. I, you know what? The most exciting game I've seen this year was last week when BC trounced Ottawa. And it was exciting because BC scored points. Okay? Mm-hmm. I haven't found... I haven't found the CFL that exciting. And because of that, I've started watching, I've spent, I've spent the last two Sundays now watching NFL football. And, and I'm finding that a little more exciting than CFL football right now. And, and maybe it's because they've had a season off and everybody is slightly off. And I hope it gets better. But once again, a lot of these guys, it's, it's funny because a lot of these guys, they're still under COVID protocol. And so they don't get a lot of things to, they don't get to do a lot of things together, apparently. And I think it shows on the field. They just don't seem to be as cohesive as they have been in the past. All teams. And so the, the, yeah, the Toronto Saskatchewan game. You know, I thought I thought Saskatchewan was right for the picking as well, but they just didn't seem to have any life. And I don't know, I don't know if that was because what happened that week with uh, two of their coaches being on the disabled list, and then rumors that Chris Jones was coming, and then you get um, old guy Stubler. He was in charge of the defense in the last game and he's a very he plays very passive defense. And I think that might have been had everything to do with it. Saskatchewan is not that good. No. I, I, I still believe the top team in the CFL right now is Winnipeg. And and the only reason why is because I think Zach Kolaris has looked outstanding. And that's the biggest difference. And Winnipeg's defense, of course. Well, you know, I had a talk with, a, I, I think, a Ryder fan, actually, in the last couple of days. And the concept was, um, you know, they said that, the, well, BC really hasn't played anybody challenging this, this year. And I said, there really isn't anybody in the league that's challenging. There's nobody that is playing lights out football. Even Winnipeg. Winnipeg, you can't say they're the top team because who have they really played? You know, they, they've just played everybody just like everybody else has. And they're, they're winning them, but they're not dominating them. 
And, and that's kind of the, one of the points in here is, you know, and yeah, they've only lost one game. But they're, they're, they're not absolutely out there dominating. But nobody is. There is, yes, Winnipeg is number one. BC is number two. That's really hard to argue right now. But, you know, it, it's not because there's just no competition. There's nobody out no. there playing lights, lights out football. No, and maybe it'll come, but we'll see. There's also the fact that these teams didn't have any preseason, so that they they really uh, they didn't uh, get the bugs out, and they're still maybe trying to catch up. And a lot of these but, guys also haven't played in two years, so this they're, is they're taking eight. longer to adjust. Yeah, I know. We we can make that argument in week four, two. Two preseason games, and then week one and week two always suck. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, no preseason. We can give them an excuse up week four. We're in week eight. There's no excuse for this. And, and I don't buy the, the argument of that they had a year off. I think, if anything, that they should be in better shape. They should be better on the ball. They should be better everything else. In fact, their enthusiasm should, should be higher, and it's not. They should be happier than hell to be playing football right now because God knows how long it's going to last. We don't know if we're going to get to the end of the season. Anyhow. Final score in this game was the Toronto Argonauts 16, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders 30. Total points was 46. Uh, Charles, Will, and CJ all took Toronto. We all lost there. Uh, Charles, you went with 42 points. You're off by four. That's not so bad. You got 34 points for that one. Will, you're off by one point. 45 off by one point. You got 40 points for that one. CJ picked 48. I was off by two points. We all did very well on calling the score. We just picked the wrong team. Uh, I got 38 for that one. Uh, The third game was an exciting game for me. Uh, I think it was for Charles as well. Uh, Will, Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe not. Uh, I don't think it was a poorly played game by BC, uh, but it was Montreal we were playing. And, uh, I don't know. And Montreal without a head coach. Should we talk about that now or we talk about that later? We'll talk about that later. Um, yeah, they didn't have a head coach. He's, he, he tested positive for COVID. So, uh, Kahar, uh, no, why did I want to call him? Kah- yeah, Kahari Jones. It is uh, Kahari Jones. No, you're right. Yeah, yeah Kahari Jones uh, he tested positive for COVID and was not allowed near the stadium. So he was at home watching it on TSN just like everybody else. Uh, probably not happy about that, but jumping up and down, and they lost. Uh, so BC Lions 27, uh, Montreal 18. Uh, it was closer than I thought it was going to be, but uh, totally okay with that. Um, let's start with Will. Will, open your mic. Talk about BC Lions victory over Montreal. What's that? I, you know what? I didn't watch the game. Oh, um, yeah. Well, I, you know, I'm 
kind of boycotting BC this year. Um, really? Because, you know, yeah, because they're better than they have been in the last two years, and it kind of, you know, it kind of throws me off because they should, as far as <laughs> I'm concerned, they should, they should be shitty all the time. Um, but you know what? I, I I think the big, one of the big disappointments for me this year is Montreal is not very good. And I don't understand why they're not very good because in 2019, Vernon Adams had a breakout year. And I don't know, I don't know if he's still reading his, uh, his paper clippings from that year, but he hasn't played well this year. And the team in general hasn't played that well this year. And there's something in 2019, they had a great kind of atmosphere on that team. And I'm wondering if Danny Machocha has changed that atmosphere. I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm just uh, throwing darts out there to see. And because they just, I thought they would, I thought they would be right there with the top in the East, whatever that might be. But the East hasn't been that impressive in general. I was going to say, they still kind of are. Well, yeah, but I expected them to dominate. I expected them to be right there with Hamilton. But once again, Hamilton hasn't looked that good either. So I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. Go ahead, Charles. On Saturday, the Alouette were the classic example of teams getting a lot of yardage between the twenties. They would they would move the ball. They actually were moving the ball quite effectively until they hit the red zone, and then they couldn't do anything right. Uh, they did not get into the end zone, or did they? Did they get in once or no? No, that, they did not no, get into was, the end zone. That was six field goals. Yeah, they couldn't score a single touchdown, and they had opportunities. Oh um, yeah, certainly. I, I think certainly you can credit a lot of the BC defense, but not all of it. I mean, there was one play where. Uh, a short touchdown, and one of the receivers from Montreal, I think it was, who was it now? I don't know. It was one of their top receivers, and he just dropped it at about the two-yard line, and he would have walked into the end zone. And I don't know. It was just, um, it was not the uh, the Alouettes. I'm with Will. I thought that the um, Alouettes were going to be much better than they've shown this year. And maybe it's still coming. But they're struggling. You could say, um, you know, they were missing a, missing their head coach. Well, the head coach doesn't make plays on the um, the head coach doesn't make plays on the field. That's up to the um, that's up for the players to do, and they had multiple chances to do it, and they just didn't get it done. So I don't know. And hey, give Mike Riley credit. Another uh, game. Another um, three stars. I think this is the third time this season in five weeks or whatever. Well, I guess it's eight weeks now, but it's the third or fourth time he's been named to the top three stars of the week. He's the only player in the CFL that's had it that many times. And, again, 
Who was a big receiver? Lucky Whitehead. The guy just keeps impressing me week after week. You wonder, what's he going to do big this week? Well, he had another 75-yard touchdown reception. That's the second one of those he's had this year. He's just he's good almost for one big play every week, it seems. And he is right there at the, near the top of the – I think he's at the top uh, of the league in receiving. If not, he's in the top three. Uh, spread the ball – Mike Riley spread the ball around. And, hey, you got to give some credit to the BC Lions. They now have played uh, six games. They have only surrendered a touchdown in three of them. So half of their games, they have not surrendered a touchdown. So that's a credit on the defense. They're keeping teams from scoring. They're keeping teams to three points. You got to give them credit. And they're now, uh, I believe, the lowest team in the league with points against. So this was a, a no. defense going into this season. No, they're not? No, no, they're or not. Or is it still Winnipeg? It's still Winnipeg. Winnipeg, it's still Winnipeg. only okay. let 98 points where BC is 106. Okay, but it's points per game they lead in because no, Winnipeg has played one more game. I believe they okay, do because yeah, yeah, Winnipeg yes, played points. one more game. Correct. Okay. And I think it's points per game. But anyways, they're the leaders in interceptions now. I believe they have 10 interceptions to lead the league. So this defense is not slowing down. They're, they're keeping teams out of the end zone, which is important. And uh, the Lions offense is really starting to come around in the last two, three weeks. So – I'm uh, hopeful for the Lions here. Um, they got a big game coming up this week. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But, yeah, uh, the Lions played well. I mean, they didn't dominate. The game was relatively close for the majority of it. But, hey, you go in uh, when you're playing on the road, sometimes you got to win uh, the games that aren't masterpieces. And that's what they did. So good on them. Yeah. Okay. So where did my thing go? There it is. Okay, yeah, so I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this game. Uh, Montreal really didn't. I mean, they, they, their yards, possession of football, everything, all the stats said that Montreal should have won this game. They just didn't do it. They just didn't put the ball in the end zone. I, I believe 20, 22 22 um, courts right now that BC has not surrendered or only surrendered two touchdowns in those 22 quarters. Is that correct? Correct. Five and a half games. That is one. Yeah. Right. See, first game of the season in Saskatchewan, they gave up three touchdowns in the first quarter or in the first half. Since then, they've surrendered two touchdowns. Yes. Yeah. One to Edmonton and one to Ottawa in 22 quarters. That's unbelievable, right? I mean, you can't. Yep. I'm, I'm arguing with Bomber fans about this. They're saying, "Well, Winnipeg scoring defense is scoring touch or scoring points," and I'm going, "Yeah, they are, okay, but we're still leading in interceptions." And I don't care if your offense or your defense scores points or not. All you have to do is get the ball back. And getting tur- getting the turnover is more important than scoring the points because that's what our offense is doing. It's they're scoring the points. Give the mm-hmm. ball to the offense, let them score. It doesn't matter. It's the same thing. It's a defensive points. That's just kind of my philosophy on this. Anyhow, BC Lions 27, Montreal 18. Total point score was 45. 
Charles picked BC at 48. You're off by three. You got the 136 points on the point score. Good job there. Will actually nailed the score here. 45 points. You got 50 points for that. You picked Montreal. That's a or that was a big zero. Uh, CJ, That's the second uh, week in a row he's done that. He's nailed. Yeah, he nailed he the BC game, game last he year. Last week too. It was the BC game. That's right. You're right. It was. It was the BC game. He held the BC game, got 50 points for that. Uh, CJ took BC as well at 52. I was off by seven, got 28 points. Uh, The last game of the week was the Winnipeg Blue Bombers going into Edmonton. Okay. This was not even going to be a close game. Edmonton lost their quarterback. Trevor Harris has been put on the six-game injury list with a lower body injury. That's about as vague as it can get. Um, it's a body injury. Okay, but it's in the lower part. Uh, Winnipeg went in there. Zach Caleros is uh, playing some really good football. He's one of the most talented quarterbacks in the league as we've had in the last decade or so. So I, I'm impressed with what Winnipeg's doing. Their defense is playing well. Their offense is playing well. They could have a little bit better on the receiver side of things, but that's okay. They got a good running game. Uh, well-rounded team. They're top of the division for a reason. Final score was Winnipeg 37, Edmonton 22. The one thing I got to say about the Winnipeg defense here is they're saying that the Winnipeg is the best defense in the league, but they let a virgin quarterback score 22 points. This uh, Cornelius, or whatever his name was, got 22 points on them. So I'm not all that jumping up and down about the Winnipeg defense right now because this guy should have been shut right down. If you're that awesome, shut him right down. Total score was 59 points. Uh, Charles, go ahead. This was another one of those games like the uh, Saskatchewan game that we talked about earlier where, again, I thought that the Bombers could be ripe for the picking. Uh, They're lucky they were playing a – a, a third-string quarterback or second-string quarterback with very little experience, because uh, the the S excuse me the Elk were in it right into the fourth quarter, and you would think a team that was supposedly the best team in the league up against uh, a third string or a backup or whatever should be able to step on a team and uh, take them down. But they let the Elk hang around in this game. James Wells Jr. again played, I thought, a very good game. He's having quietly a very good season, uh, and it's good for the Elk or they might have nothing. But the Bombers, again, they played, but they didn't dominate. 37-22, that's a 15-point, two-score game. But, uh, again, much like I talked about with the the Riders earlier, they could have – and probably should have won by a lot more, and they just simply didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just they, they just let Ed, uh, Edmonton hang around and hang around and hang around. They did, and right to the end. I mean, they, Edmonton was never out of this game. So you no, they weren't. Go off and tell me that you're one of the best teams in the league when you let a bottom dweller, a cellar dweller, hang around like that. Well, Edmonton had the lead for stretches in this game. 
Yeah. And they, they actually did. fell behind, and then they came back on them. That's that, that great, dominant Winnipeg defense. I got a double-digit lead early, but then ended up surrendering enough points to lose the lead. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going there. William. No, I, yep. I, agree, I agree with you. You know what? And I, I agree with everything you guys have said. There's not much more to say about this game. Um, I, I hate watching Edmonton games. I hate Edmonton. And I'm not particularly fond of Winnipeg anymore. No, they're too arrogant. So, so I did watch the game, but I was kind of doing other shit at the same time I was watching the game. And I, 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 I expected Edmonton to lose because they had their second-string quarterback in. And mm-hmm. they don't really have a second-string quarterback. And I, I guess they played well enough, and Winnipeg squeaked it out because of some superhuman efforts by Zach Kolaris. Um, mm-hmm. You know, one of the things I have been impressed with this year, and I really hate to say it because I hate when I praise any of these guys, I think I think Adam Big Hill is playing lights out right now. Yeah. He's he seems to be all over the field. And I mean he shouldn't be because he's absolutely getting kind he's getting kinda long in the tooth. Okay, but he seemed to come and he seems to be motivated and he's been playing great. There's no doubt about it. And I hate giving ex B C Lion players uh kudos, but hey, there you go. Yeah, no, he he's doing a, a hell of a job. But didn't he do a fumble recovery? Fumble recovery, fumble recovery for, a for a touchdown. And and yep. sorry, speaking did. speaking speaking of outstanding linebackers, in only his third year in the NFL, Alex Singleton is uh, sixth overall in tackles in the NFL right now. So that's pretty impressive yeah. for a guy who couldn't who couldn't be in the NFL earlier, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So, just just saying. Not only that, is he's, he's the defensive captain for the Philadelphia Eagles. He is he is one of their six captains, yes, he is. Yep, that's correct. Hi. Well, this game ended up 37-22 for the Bombers. Total score was 59 uh, Charles, you took Winnipeg with 51. You're off by eight. You got 26 points off the 100. Will, you picked Winnipeg at 48. You're off by 11. You got the 100 points and 20 points on the score. And CJ took Winnipeg at 46. I'm off by 13. Uh, I still got 16 points for that one. So after the uh, week seven, the panelists are – Charles is up in the lead with 2,000 points even. How did you do that, Charles? How did you make it like I even? I don't know. I don't know. CJ is exactly 150 points behind him at 1850, and Will is at 1704. And that's where we are on this. So now we get to go to uh, pick your poison this week coming up, we only have three games. What's the fucking deal with the game on Wednesday? I hate Thursday games. Wednesday games don't even make sense. No. 
just because the stadiums weren't available in their last, you know, when they were so late figuring this out. Then what the hell's going schedule. on? I don't know. Weird. So we got Hamilton going into Ottawa on Wednesday night, Wednesday afternoon. I guess it's nighttime in Ottawa. But, yeah, so we got Hamilton into Ottawa. Charles, who are you going to take here? Well, first of all, what's even more ridiculous about this is that you've got a team in Hamilton. They played, what day? They played on Friday, right? So they're playing on, what, four days or five five days rest? Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Yeah. They're on their fifth day. Going up, yeah, going up against Ottawa, who is on a bye week. How is that fair? I mean, I guess Ottawa kind of needs every advantage they can get uh, because they're a really bad football team. But this is how injuries happen. When you've got players playing their second or teams playing their second game in five days, it's ridiculous. But yeah. uh, be that as it may, they're going to play this game in Ottawa. And I'm sorry, uh, even with that extra rest and so on, there is no way in hell I'm going to pick the Ottawa Red Blacks because I, I, I have, would have trouble seeing them play a, uh, a, a, a college team. High school. Um, high school team and beating them. Oh, it's funny. Uh, just as I'm talking, they're showing highlights of the 2009 Grey Cup and the uh, Too Many Men. I love watching that. That was so much fun. Uh, but anyway, um, <laughs> good evening to Phil Miller, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> but, Phil Miller. <laughs> yes. But I'm sorry. Hamilton's going to win this game, even with the short week, because the um, the um, Red Blacks are garbage. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be rude and blunt, but it's a fact. So I'm going to pick Hamilton to win this game. I think it might be lower scoring because Hamilton's tired and Ottawa's crap. Uh, But I'm going to go uh, uh, 39 points. Okay. And William? Well, I was watching the last Ottawa game, and I am extremely impressed with Dominic Davis's drive okay, and effort, and effort. And I really believe, I really believe if he gets the right breaks, within 27 years, he's going to be a dominant quarterback in the CFL. Okay? Within 27 so, years. Yes, sir. So I am going to pick the Ottawa Red Blacks, 37 points, okay? Okay. Uh, CJ's taking Hamilton, and I'm going to go with 42. I'm going on the high side of things, and I'll take the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Uh, the next two games are Friday nighters, uh, 4 o'clock and 7 o'clock starts. Uh, Montreal into Toronto. We have the Montreal Canadiens playing the Toronto Maple Leafs. No, we don't. We have the Montreal Alouettes playing the Toronto Argonauts. Yeah, no, it was a bit of a hockey joke. Um, So, yeah, we got 
Montreal into T.O. I don't know. What the hell? I'm glad that you guys picking first. Charles, go ahead. Uh, I don't know how to pick this because these are two teams who this past week just looked lousy. Like I said, Montreal was good in between the 20s, and then once they got to the red zone, they they kind of freeze up, froze up. The Argos just look lifeless in a game that they could have been won or at least been a little bit more competitive in. Uh, I don't know. This one's in Toronto. I still think the better team out of the two is um, is Montreal. So I think they have the best chance at bouncing back. So I'm going to pick Montreal in this one uh, 44, with 44 points. Mr. McDonald. Yeah, um, Toronto 38. Sink or swim, eh? Got to catch up somehow. And I mean, the reasoning behind that, the reasoning, the reasoning behind that is, I was reading that article today, and apparently, Chris Jones is calling the defense in practice right now. And, uh, and, uh, Nick Arbuckle, I think, is out for this game, so maybe they'll put in Bethel Thomas and he can just chuck the shit out of the ball. So, is Nick Arbuckle injured? Yes, he is. Hmm. Interesting. I'm taking Toronto, and I am going to split you two and go with 42, 40. 41 points. 41 points is the the actual split there. Uh, the last game, so that is uh, Will and CJ are both taking Toronto. And, uh, in the first game, Charles and CJ are taking Hamilton. And the last game is Saskatchewan into BC. This one's going to be a challenge for Will. It's not like in BC this year, but he refuses to pick Saskatchewan. So we'll see what happens. Charles is taking BC. I'm going to let him say that. Uh, CJ is taking BC. Charles, do you concur? No, I don't. No, I'm kidding. Yes, I do. Uh, Yeah, I'm obviously taking BC. I think this one has the potential to be one of the best games of the year. This one should have a lot of feeling in it, and this one should be an entertaining one. But, yes, I am going to take BC because, well, when have I ever not taken BC? So exactly. I'm going with BC, and I'm going to say uh, 49 points. William. Well, okay, so you guys have been defending BC the entire podcast about they're better than people think they are, so I guess they get to prove it this weekend. They do, and, uh, and, and the weekend after. You know? Oh, is they, that right? We play back Winnipeg back? the next week. Oh, okay. Um, so I am going to take BC, and I'm going to go 52. Well, CJ's taking BC. There's no doubt about that. And I'm going with 62 points. Going big on this one. 
And that's that's the take on these games. Where are we sitting here for time? Oh, it took us an hour. Okay, I'm out of toner, so I can't print out my sheet. So I just kind of wrote on the back of another one. So we'll just keep that one in the drawer here for Sparky, just in case he drops the ball and needs some help. Um, I don't know what else to do. There we go. So let's find the agenda. I knew it's somewhere here. There it is. Okay, the next up is the Argos make Chris Jones hiring official. That's correct. Uh, they have removed defensive coordinator from the um, their website. Chris Jones was hired in as a defensive consultant. It looks like he is now going to be the defensive coordinator. And uh, it is going. the big question there is what are they going to do with Rich Stubler? Because I'm pretty sure that Chris Jones and Stubler are not going to play the same game in a defense. So these are going to be chalk and cheese. So I think Stubes out the door as well. Uh, and that's that's the bottom line on this one. So everybody's talking about Chris Jones hiring and whether or not Ryan Dinwiddie should be looking over his shoulder. Well, I, like I said before, Ryan Dinwiddie's treading water in the deep end, and I don't know if he would have lasted the entire season anyhow. So damn straight he should be looking over his shoulder, but it it would have been too, for anybody, not just Chris Jones. Uh, will Chris Jones end up being the head coach? Probably and probably should be. He's an amazing um, coach. There's no doubt about that. He's got four Grey Cup rings. He's been coach of the year. Uh, he's won one or two, one, one Grey Cup as a head coach. That was with Edmonton. Uh, did he win one with Saskatchewan? I don't think they got that far. No. 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 Uh, so he's got one as a head coach. Uh, don't make him the GM and don't give him too much control. He needs uh, somebody with moral and ethics uh, overseeing him. And uh, I think that that is uh, Michael Clemens. Michael needs to stay on as GM. I know he didn't want the job. Uh, go find yourself a GM if you want it, Michael. Do not give it to, don't cop, make the cop out and give it to Chris Jones. He's not a general manager. Don't let him do it. But this this Christopher Jones is excited that Chris Jones is back in the league and not because we share similar names. Uh, I honestly believe that he is great for the league. And everybody says, well, until he tries to book it somewhere else. What? Like Orlando Steinauer, like uh, Scott Milanovic, like uh, everybody else. I'm sorry. Any American that comes up to Canada to either play or coach, has got his eyes on the NFL. And if that door opens up, they're going to walk through it. Is Chris Jones going to go back to the NFL? If somebody down there would open the door and say, Chris, here's a contract, he would be out of here before nightfall. Okay? No doubt about it. We know what animal he is. You just have to play with it. Let him coach football. Let him coach defense. He's an amazing defensive specialist. Let him do it. I, I'm excited about this. Chris Jones is good for the CFL. I don't care whether the people in Edmonton like him. I don't care if the people in Saskatchewan like him. I don't care if nobody else in the league likes him. I don't care. He is a good coach. He's good for this league. I was ecstatic when Milanovic came back to Canada, and he didn't even play one single fucking game in Canada, right? 2019, 2020, uh, he sat on the bench, watched it happen, and the beginning of this year, he booked it back to the NFL. 
took paychecks all week, all year from Edmonton, and then left. How, you know, how do you blame them? They're, they're down there making ten times the money. I'm excited about them. I'm excited about them being back in the league. William, what's your take on Chris Jones coming back to the Toronto Argonauts or coming up to the Toronto Argonauts, back to the CFL? Well, I've never I've never lied to you guys about my dislike for Chris Jones. I don't like Chris Jones. Never have liked Chris Jones. Um, he's won one great cup as a head coach, and he's destroyed. And he's, he's a he's a whore in my mind. He's a whore. Okay. Um, I just don't I just don't like him. But does he fit into the circus that's going on in Toronto right now? Sure, he does. And. Will he be the head coach? Well, he could be the head coach by he could be the head coach in two weeks, by Thanksgiving, okay? or or three weeks, something <laughs> like that. I mean, it seems that Ryan Dinwiddie is going the way of the way that Charleston Hughes should have went in 2019. Okay, he shouldn't have lasted the whole season in BC, but he did. Okay, only because they had nobody else to hire. But obviously, I, I just I just tend to wonder what would was Char- Carlton Hughes in BC? Uh, I was going to ask that Hughes. too. Claybrooks, sorry, Devon Claybrooks. Oh, Devon okay. Claybrooks, yes. Yeah. Okay, um, that's who I was talking about. They they those guys look alike. They're big and fat. Anyways, um, they're black, right? So, I thing. didn't say that. I said they're big and fat. The only way you can tell the difference is the way uh, Devon Claybrooks wears his hat. Okay. Anyways, um, good buddies too, by the way, because they played together. Um, anyways, um, I I think I, I'm just wondering what would have made. Be, or Toronto go out and look for this guy, okay, if they didn't see problems. I think this is a whole setup thing, to be honest with you. And I really believe that Ryan Dinwiddie is not going to be there very long. So, I mean... So, I mean, if, the if defensive think- coordinator and the quarterback coach were unvaccinated and they were shown the door because of that. Yes. Now, I, I I actually haven't seen that as confirmed, but that is the conjecture that is going on, is that they weren't allowed yes. in the locker room, so they were sent home. So yeah. unless, to, yeah. Go ahead, Charles. I was going to say, unless they just used that as the excuse to get rid of them so they could bring Chris Jones in. Yes. One, one way or the other. Right. Okay. So mm-hmm. so let's let's speculate for a minute. They've spent a shit ton of money on this team. Okay. They did. They did. This, this team this team has not performed well. Nope. Okay. And I was just looking online at the offensive coaches, and I mean they have Jarius Jackson as their offensive coordinator. <laughs> Yeah, this is that fun. And, and, and you guys, <laughs> no are, wonder they're you guys struggling. Are very, you guys are very familiar with him, aren't you? Okay. Yeah. And they have Fred Reed as their running back coach. Fred Reed was coaching high school football. Okay. So was Chris Jones. So 
Yeah, but Chris Jones has more resume than Fred Reed does. And so I have I'm, more I'm thinking, you know, they spent they spent big money on the team, but they didn't bring in the right coaches. No. You're 100% correct. I mean, their head coach, I think, Brian yeah, Dinwiddie, I think with a, has never had any coaching a, experience. Well, with a veteran with a veteran with veteran players like that, I think you need to bring in a veteran coach. Because because the veteran players think think they know everything. And you High need somebody who's got dollar store coaching staff. That's right. You need somebody who's got, you know, a pretty hard ass approach and telling veteran players to shut the fuck up. I'm I'm the coach, you're the players, period. So yeah. I'm just saying. And once again, as per usual, this is all speculation, okay? Yeah, but it's got a lot of merit. Was that a a plug for your city? (laughs) (laughs) It's it's got 7,000 people in it. It's not a fucking city. Uh, Charles, go ahead. Uh, really, it's um, not a surprise. You're, we'll bang on when he says that they they brought in the wrong coach. Uh, coaches for the oh my god. Uh, yeah. They, sorry about that. Pop up on the main screen. Uh, but yeah. Um, Will's a hundred percent right. They um, they brought in. Uh, they didn't. They don't have the right coaching staff there. Ryan Dinwiddie. I'm sorry is in way over his head. Um, he wasn't ready to be a head coach. He had never been a coordinator before. Uh, it just doesn't work like that. You just don't go from being a, what was he, a quarterback coach just right to the head coach. I mean, a lot of people said that um, when he was hired that Michael Shea wasn't, to be, wasn't ready to be a head coach. But he had been at least a coordinator for a couple of years before he was a head coach. And people thought he was uh, not ready to be a head coach. They brought in a lot of high-priced talent. They signed a lot of free agents. But you've got guys with very little experience trying to put together a system for these guys uh, to work in. So it just it doesn't work like that. Um, they're, they don't have the coaching staff they need. Um and so they they uh they got um I don't know there's some issues it won't shock me if um by the end of the season Chris Jones is the head coach in Toronto it wouldn't shock me in the least and hey it, that's not a bad thing for the Argos because at least then you've got someone with some experience cuz right now you don't and it's showing these guys are not looking like they're ready to play even with the win last week they didn't look ready to play. They they look uh, um, they got the win, but that's because they were playing Toronto. Who or um, sorry, they didn't look ready to play. They could have beaten Saskatchewan, I thought last week, but they just didn't come out looking at all ready to play. And that's I think a lot to do with inexperienced coaches. So, and yeah, Jarius Jackson is the offensive coordinator. Who still thinks that? Did no one watch him the last couple of years in BC as the offensive coordinator? And they sit there and thinking, yeah, that's the guy to put together our game plan. Yeah, no, they, there's some uh, issues. They they need to put something together there in Toronto. 
you know, I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna say that uh, once again, that question, that famous question, comes up on a regular basis. Guys who come out of Calgary, is it the system or is it the guys? So the last two guys who come out of Calgary's coaching staff, Ryan Dinwiddie and Devon Claybrooks. We know what happened to Devon Claybrooks. Ryan Dinwiddie, hey. And I Charles, I don't I don't like to ever correct people, but Mike O'Shea was never a coordinator. He was a special teams coordinator. That was it. That is Until a, yeah, that's still a coordinator though. That's still yeah, a coordinator. But it's special teams. It's special teams. True, but he it, had it, no it, experience. It is, but it's still a coordinator. It's one third of the He had no experience. Yes. He had no experience coaching defense. But I think the thing Winnipeg did is Winnipeg decided to leave it alone and let him try and build that organization. And obviously, between the three guys, they built it, and they won a great cup, and that's why he still has a job. But they gave him a chance. And, I mean, there's that old thing, do you give guys chances, or do you get rid of them right away? Because, I mean, let's face it, Mike O'Shea's first three years, first five years, it sucked in Winnipeg, okay? It sucked bad. So, But it looks but they obviously, What was that? It did have promise. It did look like they were slowly getting better each year. Okay. Yes. I, I'm, I'm yes. not going to defend right. Winnipeg. I mean, I'm, I was very critical about having Wade Miller, ha- having a rookie GM, having a rookie coach, having a, uh, a rookie, what else was, a rec- rookie president, and then they, they yeah. brought in a, a, a rookie um, quarterback. Who was it, Drew Willie? Come on. Drew Willie. Well, at least they got rid of Drew Willie. The other three are sticking around. Wade Miller and uh, who's the who's the GM? yeah, but Drew, but Drew, but Drew really wasn't in the right in the beginning. I don't think I can't remember now because it's been a while since he's been the head coach. So, but yeah, so it, it did not look good at all at the beginning for for Winnipeg, and they've slowly progressed and got better and better and better and better and better and better, and they're probably the number one team in the league right now. Let's. Yet to be decided. Well, they we are. See that by the end of the season, and we'll go from there. They are the number one team in the standings. Well, they're number one team in the standings. Yeah. And okay. in the power rankings. And in the power rankings, because they are and the in, most dominant and, team at this point Winnip- in time. It, it, and in Winnipeg, in Winnipeg fans' hearts, is a Grey Cup champion two years in a row now. Yes, I know, and, and going for three. Right. They're, they're on their they're Tricky, on their way baby. to a dynasty. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's touch base with Montreal Alouettes right now. Uh, Kahari Jones tests positive for COVID and it has to stay away from the team. Uh, I believe that he is now allowed to go back with the team. As I, of I today, I, yes. That's right. As of today, he can go back to the team, and that's a good thing. But what I want to touch base with this, and this is a, a sore subject for CJ and has been for many, 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 many years. So, Kahari Jones, head coach, can't be at the game. Okay, no big deal. 
Kahari Jones, offensive coordinator, can't be at the game. Oh, my God. The head coach isn't there, nor is the offensive coordinator. That's not very good at all. Vernon asked, you know, who's going to be doing his play calling? Oh, 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 okay. Kahari Jones, quarterback coach, can't be at the game. Oh, my fucking God. The Vag has got nobody supporting him at all. Why are head coaches, coordinators, never mind a positional coach as well, three positions? He's wearing three hats. He gets taken out. What if he gets run over by a bus? They're screwed. Why is this happening? We've seen time and time again that you need to have a progression in coaching. Coaches have to be positional coaches. Then they have to be coordinators. And then they get to be head coaches. Head coaches should not be coordinators. I can't say this enough. Right now in the CFL, there are four teams that the coach, head coach is not the coordinator. Only four teams. And one of them is Calgary. That's because Dave Dickinson finally gave it up. Like, shit, man. How do you expect to get better coaches? Ryan Dinwiddie should have gone to Toronto as the offensive coordinator. Shit. They probably would have been better off in promoting Jarius Jackson to head coach. No, I didn't just say that, did I? Okay. Uh, this is a real big sore subject for me. I do not. I think there should be a ban on it. I think the league needs to step up and say you cannot wear multiple hats. I know the argument right now is that it has to do with the management salary cap, but they were doing this before the manager salary cap. So I'm not buying that argument. I do understand that you can save money by. You're not paying three individuals. You're only paying one, and you don't have to pay one three times as much. You can pay them, like, 20% more instead of three, 200% more. Um, yeah, you're saving money, and I agree with that, and I understand that. But no, don't do it. It's not worth the money. You're not going to get a better team. That's my take on this one. What, sh- what do you think there, William? I, I have... I have no comment because you've been beating this dog to death. I okay? have. And, and it's your opinion. Am I wrong? I, I'm not going to say you're right or wrong, but I don't think it's ever going to change. Because usually, usually one way or another, head coaches, whether they're a defensive guy or an offensive guy, they're, they're control freaks, Okay and they'll never have a coordinator. The one guy, the one guy who was good for that is Michael Shea. Cuz he knows he's not either. I'm sure he helps with the defense because he played defense most of his career, but I mean, he's got a pretty decent defensive coordinator there and he's he got a pretty decent offensive coordinator. So, right, but he's been the special teams I, coordinator up till this year. Yeah, okay, whatever. So he's special also teams. been the special, special teams, teams coordinator. And, yeah. and and now he has somebody in there. So he's one of the coaches right now that is has only one hat. Like, Ryan okay, Dinwiddie is through, another one, and, and 
expect that to disappear. If Chris Jones becomes head coach, he's going to be defensive coordinator as well. He ain't giving that puppy up. Let's go through this, okay? Let's go through the teams. Saskatchewan, they Uh, have an offensive coordinator. They have an offensive coordinator. Mm -hmm. Jason Moss, okay? Yeah. Um, Of course, Craig Dickinson used to be a – Used to be a special teams coordinator. Okay. He is. He currently um, is a special teams coordinator. Okay. Um, who else do we have? BC. Do they have a? Do they have an offensive coordinator? No. No. Yes, that they would do. be what's his name. The, no, the offensive coordinator was uh, the guy that used to be in Edmonton. Oh, that's that that's right. My, my bad. I, I wrote all of this down. I went to each okay. team and went coaching staff. Uh, BC line coaching staff, boom, 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 here we are. Uh, Rick Campbell is the – hang on, that's not what I'm looking for. Uh, Jordan McKissick. Jordan McKissick, yeah. McKissick? Something McKissick, McKissick, something like that. Yeah. Hang on, but who's the defensive guy? Uh, Rick Campbell defense is the defensive coordinator. coordinator. Is, yeah, Rick Campbell that's is right. Yeah. So he's head head coach and defensive coordinator. So BC has right. got BC's failing on this one, in my opinion. What are you doing there, Will? Sorry, what was that? No, I'm here. Okay. Okay. I'm here. Uh, Coaching staff. Uh, Edmonton, we have uh, Jimmy Elizondo. He is the head coach, defensive coordinator, and quarterback coach. He's worth three hats. Yeah. Okay. That's too much. That's too much, especially for a rookie head coach. And he is a rookie head coach. Okay. Yep. Uh, Calgary. Calgary has coaches all over the place, so I'm not going to say that. Anything there. But the Rough Riders coaching staff. We have um, Craig Dickinson, who is also the special team coordinator. Okay. Uh, Michael Shea is on his own. Uh, what about in Ottawa? Ottawa Red Black coaching staff, we have Paul LaPolice is the head coach. Defensive coordinator is Mike Benavides. Just, no, they do not have an offensive coordinator. Uh, they just don't have one. But we have to assume that's Paul LaPolice, do we not? Even though their website does not say it. Well, yeah, I think if they don't have it, Listed there, you gotta pretty much yeah assume that he is the coordinator. That's why it's not listed. Yeah, it's not listed. So uh, Paul Apolis is also the uh, offensive coordinator, and over in Hamilton, we have the Hamilton Tiger Cats coaching staff, and we have Tommy Condell is the offensive coordinator, 
and uh, Mark Washington is the defensive coordinator. Jeff Reinbold is the special teams. So he is one of the ones that Orlando Steinauer is one on his own. Dave Dickinson is on his own. Uh, Michael Shea is on his own, and Ryan Dinwiddie's on his own. That, that was the question you were asking there, William? Yes. Okay. So, I don't know. I, I Ryan Dinwiddie should be on his own as a rookie head coach, but then so should Jamie Elizondo, and he's wearing three hats. And, yeah. is, and is that why Edmonton sucks? Or does Edmonton suck because they're Edmonton? Hard well, to say. I mean, you know what? When you look at it, I mean, I, I guess to back up your theory that they shouldn't be doing that, you look at you look at, and I don't like to compare them, but you look at the NFL, okay? And I think I figured it out one time. Each team has an average of thirty-five coaches. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which is just which is just crazy. So just you got say to it. spend it. I guess. I guess. That's why our buddy uh, Henry Burris gets to be a quarterback coach in the NFL. Okay, because they got so much money, they can make they can hire lots of coaches. So. Yeah. Okay, next up we have A.C. Leonard. A.C. Leonard, as you know, uh, was suspended two games because of failure to supply a sample for drug testing. Okay? He failed to provide a urine sample, and he got suspended two games. Then he got suspended a third game for verbally abusing the – the doping examiner. Okay? Now, have you guys seen the latest that came out on this? Is the riders' management have said that A.C. Leonard did not test positive for any drugs. He failed to provide a urine sample because he couldn't pee in the bottle for four hours. For four hours, he tried to provide a sample and was unable to produce any urine or the quantity of urine to supply for a drug testing sample. That's what the riders' management is now saying. Did you see that? We need a laugh track for this show. <laughs> I, 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 didn't, I didn't see that. I didn't see that. You didn't see okay, that, eh? So, no, okay, so I'm not an athlete, okay, and I, I drink water constantly every day. Me too. And I'm sure that professional athletes do the same thing, okay? Because it's important they stay hydrated, <laughs> okay? Okay. I have no problem. I have no problem pissing on cue, okay? I mean, really. He couldn't pee for four hours. Come on. Okay, so Come here, here on. It is. Really? Saskatchewan Rough Riders head coach Craig Dickinson told the 
media on Monday that defensive end A.C. Leonard tried unsuccessfully to provide a urine sample for four hours following the Labor Day Classic on September 5th. He was having trouble providing a sample, and he was getting agitated about it, Dickens said said by a video conference. When I talked to him, he was good, and he was probably still there until 11 o'clock at night, still trying. At some point, he just gave up and said, that's enough. And that's when he lost his shit yeah, but, on the doping. Yeah but, yeah, but wouldn't you think if the guy's been there for two hours, he should start drinking some water or something after a game? So that yeah, he he's, got he's got a bashful bladder. There was too many people watching him. He couldn't do it. I guess. I mean, hey, if you put me in a little room with a curtain around me and had three women standing around, I couldn't piss in a jar. Uh, yeah, well, I just find not, that retarded. I'm not buying this retarded. nonsense. But that, that's, that's no, what the writers' organization is now saying. So they, they have no... Them. Yeah, they are not taking any disciplinary action on AC Leonard at all. Uh, and they're saying that he is clean, he is not drugged, uh, yada, 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 yada. So here's a question then. Uh, can he not just take a cup with him and fill it up when uh, when uh, he has to go? Or Well, I guess he can't really confirm it then. No, you have, no. To, you have yeah. to pee in front of him. You have to pee in front of him. But... You well, then I'm you wait. This, you know what I'm going to say about this whole thing? Is don't worry. I heard Andrew Harris is having tests done outside the CFL so he can prove his innocence, okay? We're still waiting for the result mm-hmm. two right, years yeah. later. But yes. it's going to happen, baby. It's going to happen. OJ Simpson's going to prove it's going to find the killer. Yes, he is. Uh-huh. Uh, Everyone has a different excuse for this. He will and not be never, playing the game in BC. Uh, nope. Yeah. So he just has a bashful bladder. Mm-hmm. No, I'm thinking if he can't piss, he better go to the hospital. He should go to the hospital. Yeah, for four hours. Yeah, no. You just start drinking oh, yeah. water out after water out after water, and then they don't start. Start drinking right. beer. It'll go Whatever. right through you. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I'm a, I'm a little uh, taken off by this one. I think it's funny as hell. But, yeah, AC <laughs> is... Uh, he apologizes following the suspensions. That's not who I am as a person. Because I feel terrible about yeah. it. The last couple of weeks have been very, very hard on me. I'm really bad. I'm not who I am as a person. It's not my character. That's not who I, how I want to handle myself. And you know what? Let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he's not like that. I'm just saying. Well, if 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 what they say happened, okay, and yep. he lost his shit on the on the doping person on the nurse or whoever it is doing this, 
I don't blame him. Yeah. I don't blame him. I would be so frustrated if I couldn't do that after four hours. If you make me try to do something for four hours and I'm un- unsuccessful about it, I am not. I'm going to be belligerent. I, I don't care what it is. Uh, yes. He couldn't go pee, I'm, and then he got pissed. And then he got pissed. Uh, oh, God, Charles, you're so funny. That was so the bad. Question is, I did there. Really bad. So the question for me here is, has he provided a sample since that time? Yeah. Have he tried another day or is it one day he quit? We understand that he got suspended because he didn't provide a sample. I'm totally okay with that. But we still don't know whether or not his sample has passed or failed any drug analysis. Yeah. Well, that's right. the next thing. And we do know that when um, Andrew Harris failed his drug test and had his two-game suspension, they tested him like after every game for the rest of the season. Okay? And that's why I really don't understand how you can fail to provide a sample. I mean, they, they kind of like pull you off the end of the game and they say, business sharp. Hmm. You can't get your buddy to do it because they won't let you. They watch you. So yeah, I just I want to know whether he comes back and now he's have to piss in the jar again, right? And is he going to fail again? And is he going to get suspended for two more games? This could be the end of his career. It could be. So, okay, let's move on from this one, and uh, A.C. Leonard is gone. What's next on the agenda? Should the CFL start, stop with short weeks? Is that what this is, Charles? Yes. I don't know what it says. Is it short week or, or, or Wednesday games or what? Yeah, well, the short, short week with teams are playing like on like three or four days rest. Stupid okay. things like this week, or then they got that other week with uh, now because they had to um, bring bring in that um, that uh, canceled game or whatever. Oh yeah, they, they're going to do three games in stupid. seven or ten days or something. That's ridiculous. Okay. Yeah. It's um, dumb. Well, it it comes down to right now is are the Red Blacks going to be able to take advantage or of of Hamilton? because of their short week and coming off of a bye. We'll believe so. Yes, I, I do. I don't. <laughs> nope. I, I don't think this is going to be an Ottawa game. It just depends. You On? never know. Maybe their, kick, maybe their kicker will take over. I gotta write an article on that. Mm. Just, just for liking. Okay. Like maybe their kicker will take over. So. Dave Dickinson after benching Bo Levi Mitchell. Bo has gotta elevate his game. 
oh my God, Dave said that about his all-star $750,000 quarterback. Should have pulled him three minutes remaining in the game and watched Jake play the football. Hmm. There's a lot of people out there, media, uh, coaching, uh, fans, everybody's calling for Bo's head. They're saying they should trade him to Ottawa, and that's going to help Ottawa. Um, you know, it's one thing after another, but can we blame Calgary's mishaps right now on Bo Levi Mitchell? I don't think so. I don't think you can blame him, but he's certainly not helping. I think you've, you're finally seeing the real Bo Levi Mitchell. The one I'm saying has been hiding behind his defensive line for the last five years. A guy who just isn't that stellar of a player. I'm not saying he's not a bad quarterback. I think Bo is a very good quarterback. I just don't think he's an elite quarterback. I don't think he's an all-star quarterback. And he's probably not a Hall of Fame quarterback, although he's going to be considered all three of them. You don't get to this league being a, a, a shitty quarterback. Even Drew Willie was a decent quarterback at one point. But can he elevate his game to play better football? He's been hiding behind an, an offensive line. That offensive line is gone. He's showing his warts. Can he pick himself up and make a better quarterback out of him? He, he, he hasn't had to. He hasn't had to be a better quarterback. I don't know if he has the ability to do that, up his game. I know Will has something to say about this. So, William, you tell us what your th- your thoughts are on Bo. Do you think he's become a better quarterback than what he is right now? Well, as his team gets better, he'll become a better quarterback. Yeah. Okay, once again, once again, football is what? A team football sport. Is, football is the ultimate team sport. Okay. Yeah. You don't see guys. You don't see guys running down the field with the football and scoring a touchdown when they decide to, like you do in hockey. Okay. It's the ultimate team sport. You can't do certain things unless everybody is on the same page. Has Bo been shitty this year? Absolutely. Okay. Do I think do I think they should put Marin instead of Bull? Yes, I do. Okay, but I don't think it's going to happen. And they're going to give Bull every chance they possibly can. And I mean, think about it. John Hoffnagel traded. Um, what was his name? <laughs> oh my God. Henry Burke? Come on. Yes. At the peak of his career. Okay. So, For a younger, faster, cheaper quarterback. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And is that something they're going to consider doing in Calgary? Well, once again, John Hoffnagel said, if you're the best player at your position... You're and not you want to be paid. 
and you want to be paid the most amount of money, you're not going to be playing in Calgary. So then why mm-hmm. did he sign a $700,000 contract for Bo Levi Mitchell? Because, because Michael Riley was still higher than Bo Levi Mitchell. Toronto offered him more money. Yeah, offered Bo more money. Yeah. But but maybe Bo realizes if he doesn't play for a good organization, he's not really good. Did you just say that? Did you just say what I've been saying? That, of course I said what you've been saying. Wow. Charles, did you hear that? But I, I heard that. But bottom line, it doesn't matter. Okay, I guarantee you a number of things. I guarantee you that nobody's going to break Bo's record as far as the most wins right off the hop that he it's has. His record. I it's guarantee you. Okay, hold on. I guarantee you Bo Levi Mitchell gets in the Hall of Fame on the first ballot just because oh, I, of his start. I, 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 yeah, I'm doubting that. Okay, so, I mean... I, I don't believe it's been right. Say, you've been saying for years and years that Anthony Calvillo wasn't a good quarterback, okay? Well... No, I didn't say he was the... He's, I, I, no, says he's the best quarterback of all time. I disagree with that. I never said he's a bad quarterback. I just don't think he's okay. the best of all time. He's not the GOAT. But he's got the most passing yards of all time. Yeah, but that's because so he's played 22 years. Well, but in reality, he's still got the most passing yards, so there's nothing you can do about that. And you can agree or disagree, but once again, he's in the Hall of Fame. He still has that record. He's won Grey Cups. It's Is he a in the Hall? Sport, man. Of course he's in the Hall. I don't know if he was eligible yet. Oh, yes, he is. Okay. I think he is. I don't know. I could be wrong. No, I don't think I'm wrong. I have no doubt that he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Okay? None at all. If Damon Allen got into the Hall of Fame, Anthony Calvillo has to. Yeah, but there's there's something we'll mm-hmm. never agree on, because I, I like Damon Allen as a quarterback. Sorry. He won. Okay? Bottom line is he won. That's all I really care about, okay? He never played on your team. He was so okay. frustrating at times to watch. Oh, God. Yeah, but he just still wanted, won, guys. Just wanted to shoot him. I've never said that about another beast line player. Well, I don't really like G-Roy or Louie, but that's beside the point. You're not the only one. No, no, not at all. You just don't like kickers. <laughs> yeah, 2017, Christopher, first-time ballot, AC. AC, yeah. Good yeah. for him. You know, he, he should be in the Hall. Anybody who can play 22 years in the CFL needs to be in the Hall of Fame, whether they accomplished anything or not. If they stuck around for 22 years... That's amazing. And I don't even know if it was 22 years. I'm just making that. But he, he just seemed like he was there forever. Yeah. 
Okay. I mean, he started with the Las Vegas Posse. Yes, he did. Yep. And, Nobody and he also played around the, that long being he bad. Also, he, also, he also played behind what's-his-name for years. What was his name? The black guy. Oh, I can't remember his name. <laughs> um, there's, there's only one or two of them in the CFL. Well, no, there's not a lot of CFL quarterbacks that were black guys. Yes, Tracy Ham. Yes, Tracy Ham. Jarius he played Jackson. behind Tracy Ham for quite some time. Jarius Jackson wasn't a quarterback. Kevin Glenn. Gary Joseph. Gary uh, Joseph was little, wasn't a quarterback little, either. <laughs> Roy DeWalt. Roy DeWalt. <laughs> There's a name. There's a blast from the past. Warren Moon. Danny Barrett. Danny Barrett, yep. Most overrated quarterback of all time. Danny Barrett. No. Oh. Danny Barrett. Yeah. Conridge Holloway. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. He came a U.S. congressman later in life. That is correct. That is correct. That is correct. Chuck Marcus Ely. There's, there's Chuck Ely. Marcus Crandall. Chuck Ely, baby. Marcus Crandall. There you go. There's another Chuck one. Chuck Ely. Chuck Ely. Thomas, Tom Clements. Ricky Foggy. Uh, Tom Ricky Clements. Foggy. Not what, was a what was that? <laughs> what did you say? Oh, Lordy. I said Tom Clemens was a white guy. Yeah, I know he was. <laughs> I I didn't know we were just specifying white guys or black guys. I'll just say it. Well, that's all we were naming off. Is African American quarterbacks in the CFL? I guess. I guess. Okay. What the hell? Dave Dickinson. I'm, I'm done with him. Where are we now? Okay. CFL standings. Where are we? we got the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in top spot in the CFL at 6-1 and one record. Amazing. Saskatchewan and BC are tied at 4-2, and two, although... They've got Saskatchewan listed in their second position. I don't know why. Maybe they have more points for. No, No, it's head-to-head. Head-to-head. Is it head-to-head? I thought it was points for. No, that's uh, that's third. It's head-to-head. When you talk about standing, the the tiebreaker, the first tiebreaker is uh, head-to-head. Okay. I thought... No points overall. Okay. So BC has more points and fewer points again, but Saskatchewan took that first game because we failed to have a kicker with that Japanese guy. That's correct. It was terrible. Kawasaki, wasn't it? Kawasaki? Or Nagasaki? No. No. That that was a city. Hiroshima. 
Hiroshima? I was trying to remember his name the other day, too. Yeah, he's gone. <laughs> okay. Uh, Edmonton Elks are next in fourth place in the West at two and four. And Calgary Stampeders are in the basement at two and five. In the Eastern Division, we have the hapless Hamilton Tiger Cats at three and three, Toronto at three and three, Montreal at two and three, and Ottawa at one and four. Holy shit, the East is really shitty this year, aren't they? And the only reason why they got wins is because they're playing each other. Yeah. And they're playing Calgary. And playing Calgary, yeah. I mean, seriously, it's it's terrible. I mean, Montreal, they played Calgary once and Ottawa once, and that's because they're two, two victories. Yeah. And Ottawa beat Edmonton. No that was embarrassing. I mean, seriously, Edmonton, you let Ottawa beat you. You let Calgary beat yeah, you. Not- it was an off day for them. They've had an off season. Yeah. So that's that's the standings right now. So let's nip over here, and we're going to do a little bit on the power rankings, if I can find them. Why? Why not? Because what else have I got to do? Yeah, because, well, we got the QB power rankings. We got the QB... Where'd that go? Did I lose it? I lost it. Do we go back here? Oh, I gotta go here. Charles wants to do the the quarterback rankings, and I want to do the team rankings. But we'll go over to the quarterback rankings right now. We'll do. Well, the we can do them both. Well, we only we got can ten do minutes. Both. We, can, we, got time to, we can do them both quickly. Up. Yep. Okay, number one quarterback this week and last is Zach Caleros, no doubt. Mike Riley is number two this week and last, no doubt about it. Cody Fajardo is number three this week. He, last week he was number four. Bully by Mitchell is four this week, and he was three. How the fuck does Bully by Mitchell get the third best quarterback in the league? What morons do it? That doesn't make sense. Okay. Well, no, I hear next. I hear next. He's going to be prime minister of Canada too. So, fuck, he might be better. Um, Burn Adams Jr. is. I, I guess you know. Looking at this, Charles, I, I can see why because the next ones kind of suck. Vernon uh, Adams is number five. Last week he was six. Nick Arbuckle this week is six. Last week he was seven. Taylor Cornelius is number seven. Last week he didn't exist. Uh, David Watson is number eight. Last week he was ten. And <laughs> rounding off the top nine is Dominic Davis. <laughs> so, yeah, well, yeah, Bo Levi has to be up in fourth place out of default. There's, there's nobody else. <laughs> oh, my God. Lord. Dominic Davis made the list. Top nine quarterbacks in the CFL right now. He 
got beat out by two people who haven't played yet this year. And, and notice who's notice who's missing from the top nine, eh? Who? I don't know. Did you read his name off or not? Matt. What Nichols. you mean, like tre- Matt Nichols, Trevor Harris? No, no, none of them were were listed last week, or if they were listed last well, week, they're not here this week. Well, well, I guess these are power rankings, so technically they wouldn't be on them because they're injured and not playing right now. I think they're only considered. Well, Matt Nichols isn't injured, though. I, I, I think mean, Trevor is. Harris is, but is Matt Nichols injured? I think Matt Nichols is injured, but not as injured as bad as Dane Evans. Because Dane oh, Evans okay. is on the sixth game, right? Trevor yes. Harris is on the sixth game. I don't think Matt Nichols is on the sixth game injury list, not, but I don't think not he's 100%. To my knowledge, no. I don't think he's at 100%, and that's why they put in, uh, David Watson, Watford. Hmm. Okay, now, if we nip over here in Week 7 power rankings, we have the Winnipeg Blue Bombers with a record of 6-1. and one. They were number one last week. They're number one this week. Uh, we got BC Lions in number two. With a four and two record, last week they were in third place. I don't know how they did that, but okay. BC is now number two. Saskatchewan Roughriders are in third with a record of four and two. Last week they were at five. I don't understand how people do these power rankings. Uh, Hamilton is in fourth. Last week they were sixth. Toronto is in fifth. Last week they were sixth. I'm sorry. If you have them at second place and this week you drop them to fifth, they're never second place. I, I, I don't get it. Montreal is in sixth. Last week they were four. Calgary is in seven. Last week they were seven. There's consistency, Calgary. Edmonton, eight and eight. That's consistency. And Ottawa is in the basement. And they've been there for a while. In fact, I think they've been there all season. Uh, week one, they were at week zero. So, BC Lions were in seventh place at the beginning of the season. Only the Arles and the Red Blacks were below the Lions. For week one, they put the Lions down in eight. Then they went to four. Then they went back to eight. Then they went to four. And then they went back to seven. And then they went to three. Now they're at two. How, how does this happen? They don't make any sense. This week, I, I do not disagree with the power rankings this week. Honestly, I honestly believe that they, they, got, they nailed it. Okay. With who's Winnipeg, in, who's BC, in last place? Ottawa. And second last? Edmonton. Mm, okay. And then Calgary? Yep. And then Montreal, okay, right. Toronto, Hamilton, Saskatchewan. I don't think so. No? Lost Trevor Harris. If you're actually doing a power ranking right now, this is the ability to win game. You've lost okay, your number okay, one quarterback. I can see it then. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I can see it then. Yeah, that makes sense then. 
This is not standing. This is not past history. This is not. This is moving forward right now without your number one quarterback. Now, Mm -hmm. Calgary sitting with Bo Levi Mitchell and Jake Mayer, I would say is in a much better position than they are with this Cornelius. Mm -hmm. So I have no problems with Calgary being in, in seventh place there. Montreal is in sixth. Argos are in five. Hamilton's in four. Can't argue with that. No. I, I'm a little concerned about Hamilton, but they did win with his, their new quarterback, so mm-hmm. or Watford. So you know, okay. Saskatchewan's in third, obviously, because they're probably better than every Eastern team. BC and Winnipeg, they nailed these power rankings. Nailed them. Last week they had Toronto in second place. Who the fuck would have done that? Totally disagree with that. But then, hey, what the hell? So what's going to happen? Oh, okay, now, did you see the... i um, going to close this here. The uh, predictions... The CFL predictions. Yeah, weird. All three games were unanimous this week. 100% unanimous. I don't know selection. if I've ever seen that before. Everyone picked ha- BC. Everyone picked Montreal. Everyone picked Hamilton. Yeah. We didn't do that. Who, who's the odd man out here? Will took Ottawa against Hamilton. Will took Toronto. Will and CJ both took Toronto. That goes against the grain. We all took BC. You see, I'm always always at a disadvantage because I will not pick Edmonton. I will not pick Saskatchewan. And this year I've also more or less added Winnipeg to the list. If I don't have to, I won't pick Winnipeg either. Well, you're not picking so BC like, either. The only reason you have to pick BC is because they are against Saskatchewan. Right. So, you know, but you guys claim that whenever I pick BC, they lose anyway. So Yeah, I know. I mean, I wish you guys would just admit they were a shitty they team always in 2019. Do. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So what do we do here? Isn't it almost time? I think so, yeah. You can catch the Let's Talk CFL podcast wherever you are on our host blog, Talk Radio Live. And in podcast form, you can also find us on Podbean, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio app, and iTunes. Wow, haven't done that in a long time. Anyhow, uh, this is the Let's Talk CFL podcast, episode number 455. I'm your host, Christopher Jones, and we got to talk to some football and had some fun about football. We pretty much talked about football the entire show, didn't we? Wasn't this a good show of football? Yeah? Yep. Yeah. Very little political at the beginning, but it it didn't stick around long. Uh, 30 seconds left in the show. Charles, say goodnight. Goodnight, folks. Uh, Thanks for listening. We will talk to you next week. And William. Good night, everybody. Uh, Go Calgary. Oh, they're on a bye this week. 
Go Montreal. <laughs> Watch the CFL this weekend, even though it's not that exciting. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Take care. Good night. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.